Welcome to Alive, a Vineyard College ministry with the purpose to awaken students to their true relationship, identity, and destiny in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. We hope you enjoy this message today. And if you want to connect with us, you can follow us on Facebook at Alive Vineyard College Family or Instagram at Alive Vineyard College. I'll give it up for Leah. I don't know how high you want that. But, um, so Leah is, serves as the executive pastor at the Vineyard Church. She's my boss. Um, and she is here tonight to bless us with a talk on You Know It. It's about money management. I'm going to let her talk about it. She, she has a grace to release some things. But here's the deal. What I want to say is this. Receive what she has to offer tonight. Okay? Someone repeat after me. I receive. I receive. And, and Leah, Leah, and Leah, and Leah don't, hold back. don't hold back. Don't hold back. We want what you got. We want what you got. So Leah is going to bless us with, again, a, an amazing talk on, on, on just, you know, kingdom finances, uh, how we do this thing in the kingdom. And so... I just want y'all to just extend the hand real quick as we pray for her. Thank you, Father, for, for Leah and, and the gift that she is um, to this house, to the, to the body of Christ, Lord God, and how she is going to release even more gifts tonight for those that want to hear. So, Father, I pray that we have hungry, thirsty people who want to receive even more that she has to give. Open their eyes, open their hearts. But Father, we pray that you lace Leah's words with your power, your fire, in every way, in the kingdom, and the kingdom sons and daughters said amen. 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 God bless amen. you guys. All right. All right. First, give it up for Clay, who's your awesome pastor. Clay, it's such a privilege to work with him. He's got passion, wisdom, kindness, all those good things. So are you guys doing okay? You good? It's so good to see you. It's kind of hard to see you because I'm getting old. I was like literally sitting there doing the math. I was like, now when was I at the U of I? Well, it's been a minute. Literally, I was like, I came in the fall of 2001, people. 2001. That's almost two decades. When did that happen? I don't know how that happened, but it did. Guess what? You're going to get old too, so get ready. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about me and my family before we talk about money because I know you guys are so pumped to talk about money. People always are, especially in the church setting. They get real excited. I can feel it. You're excited. All right. So I am married to my husband, Ben. Those are my people. Isn't he cute? He's growing his beard out. It's a little long, but it's cute. Um, some people love the beard. They're digging it. Okay. So he, that's Ben. That's my son, Cohen. He's nine, and he's a mama's boy, and I love him. And Claire is in the middle. She has all the feels. She's seven, and she's creative and artistic and a lefty. Just important facts about her. And then any other lefties? Oh, hey, okay, yay. All right, and then that, that one at the bottom, she gives me all my gray hair. That's Gia, and she is fierce and so passionate, and she's really hard to parent, but she's going to be a great leader. She's going to change the world. So these are my people. Um, I've been married to Ben for 14 years, and we actually met here at the U of I, so it has a special place in our hearts, right? My junior year, I actually texted him from work the other day when I was working on this. I was like, wait, when did, when did we get together? What year was that? He's like, are you really forget? I really do. Junior year, fall of junior year, we started hanging out, um, ended up getting married after his fifth year. Are there any other engineering students in the room? The, wow, there's so few. Get those hands up high. Be proud. 
Yes, engineering, woo! My husband was a computer engineer and ECE almost killed him. And so he almost quit, but he didn't, and I'm very glad. Um, I was in the school of LAS, any other? LA? Oh, yay! They get Granger, we got Lincoln, that was really not fair. Uh, but Soch major, they tell you you can get a job with sociology, you cannot. I just wanna like tell you now, you cannot. So, switch that, Sharon's also a social major. Okay, it's a great, it's great foundation, but you're not gonna make any money. I just wanna be very clear. You gotta have an engineer in your life. Um, so anyway, we love the U of I. It's so fun to be back. It's been, like I said, it's been a minute, and it makes me feel really old. But these are my people. Um, Clay said, I'm a pastor. I've been doing that since uh, I was 24. We, after we graduated from the U of I, we got married and moved to Kansas City for his job, and we were with a vineyard church. How many of you have come to the vineyard before? Okay, so you guys are familiar. So I actually grew up in the vineyard. I was kind of a townie um, around here. So that, that's my church and my family. And when we moved to Kansas City, we were also a part of a vineyard church out there. Had no desire to be a pastor. Um, I really wanted to run a business. But I started by being a nanny because sociology. And um, I started interning at the vineyard church out there and did VLI, which was like our theological leadership course stuff. Anyway, all this to say, they, they called me up and said, hey, you want to move back and be the high school pastor here? And I thought, no, I don't want to do that. And it took me about six months of praying and saying, oh my goodness, am I going to do this? And we did it. We moved back in 2008, and I've been on staff ever since. And um, I love Jesus. I love people. And I really, really love to talk about money. And I know that's really weird, and it's going to feel a little bizarre, but I'm going to share parts of my story with you tonight because I believe if you can really get this, it will change your life. And I'm not saying that in a way that's saying, gosh, everything will be rainbows and unicorns. That's not what I'm saying. But there's a principle in Scripture that is founded in faith. And if you can really receive it, your life will be changed. I promise you. I, I've learned a lot about money in the last few decades. Um, I'm not a, I mean, I'm a social major, right? I'm not like, I'm not like, I mean, I'm smart, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like, I mean, LES for me, you know, so anyway, I worked hard, but I'm not super intellectual, but there are these biblical money principles that are so life-changing that I have learned how to live by faith with money, and here's what you got to know. I grew up with nothing, literally nothing. I grew up, um, I mean, I really, my whole life I had nothing, but my parents got divorced. Um, I ended up living with my single parent mom who ended up on disability with a sickness. I lived in Section 8 housing most of my life or the trailer park, food stamps, all, the whole deal. Like when I say like, it's not like, oh yeah, was, we were very middle class. No, we were very, very poor. And so when I think about money and when I was, when I was raised with money, all I thought about was fear, right? I always had this fear. I don't know how we're going to pay for the bills. I don't know how we're going to um, get the groceries that we need. I just don't know. So anytime I would think about money or talk about money, I was cap captivated by fear. How are we going to do this? I had a scarcity mentality. I always thought there was never going to be enough. You know why? There was never enough, right? So I, I would babysit and give my parents my money. I would like, okay, true, I'm going to tell you this, but don't judge me. I don't like animals. And I know, I know, please, please, still love me. I don't like animals. But I was so motivated by money that in the trailer park that I live at, at, I think I was like eight or nine, like my kid's age, which is crazy, I would walk dogs to make a dollar. I, for a dollar, I would do it because I was so motivated by financial security that I would do this, even though I hate, and I really, to this day, just never going to have animals. 
My kids are sorely disappointed, but you all are too, so that's fun. I can feel it. <laughs> okay. So I've learned a lot about money, not because I grew up knowing about money, because I didn't. My family didn't know how to handle it. We had no idea. It was always just get by, just get by. But there are these kingdom principles in Scripture that we're going to talk about tonight that are so trans like transformational that if you can begin to get it, and here's the funny thing. It has very little to do with money and very much to do with your heart. Really, I know it sounds crazy, but we're going to unpack it. There, we want you to understand God's best plan for your finances. And I could talk about this forever in a day, and I can't because you have things to do. But there are three things that really matter when I talk about God's best plan for finances. And it's first, give freely. Second, spend intentionally. And third, save purposefully. And here's the truth. I only can talk about the first one tonight. So if you ever want to talk more about the others, I would love to unpack it. But you have to understand all three if you want to understand God's best plan for your finances. So this is like a part one, and you just come find me later, and we'll tell you all the other things, okay? But these are the things we're going to unpack tonight, that we start by giving freely, okay? It's God's plan. It's his best plan. So in my house, we have this cheesy little sign hanging at the very bottom of the stairs. So you come down the stairs, and the sign says, Today's going to be a great day, right? Anybody love cheesy Hobby Lobby signs? Just me. Okay, great. No, so today's going to be a great day. Only two of my kids can read, but I figure, man, if you come down the stairs and you see that sign and you start saying, today is going to be a great day, why do I hang this up? Not just because I love the cheesy signs, but there is so much power in the words that you speak over your life. There's so much power in it. So if I declare in the morning, today's going to be a great day, Pretty much regardless of what happens, I'm going to choose to see the very best in the day, right? Today's going to be a great day. Um, on the flip side, if we wake up every single day and we start declaring things that are negative, like, gosh, I'm a loser. Man, nobody likes me. Man, my job stinks. I have no friends. Like, classes suck. Like, life is hard. If I just start declaring that stuff over my life, the likelihood is those things will somehow become a reality because you're going to find it. You're looking for it, right? When I was, like, my psych classes here at the U of I, we learned that this is called the self-fulfilling prophecy. Basically, like, what we believe is what we become, or really, what we believe affects our behavior. So it all kind of starts in the mind. Now, I'm not saying I get to, like, wake up in the morning and declare, I'm going to be an NBA player. Watch out, world. Like, just here, I'm just going to say it. Every day, I'm going to have a sign. And then it's, no, I'm not saying that. Like, I'm not crazy. But I am saying, if there's an outcome I want, and I start declaring it, I'm going to make some choices that affect my behavior that will change my outcome. So you say, gosh, I want to be a healthy person. And I declare that every day. I want to be a healthy person. So because I'm a healthy person, man, I'm going to lay out my clothes for the Y. Like when I go to the YMCA, I'm going to lay them out like the night before so you can't avoid them. You know, when you get up in the morning, you have to put them on. You have to go to the gym. And because I'm a healthy person, I'm going to take the stairs today. I'm not going to take the elevator. And because I'm a healthy person, I'm not going to drink soda. I'm just going to drink water. Why? Because I'm healthy. What I believe affects my behavior. It affects who I become. And when it comes to finances, I think many people don't live according to God's best plan for their finances simply because they have some faulty beliefs. I think we're not believing right about money. I mean, and I'm not even sure in your stage if you are even thinking about money, to be totally honest. Like, I, I know it took me, it took me a while, and I'll share my story in a little bit. But we need God's God's perspective on money, if we're going to live it out, and if we're going to become it, we have to start by believing it. It starts in the mind. Here's what we know first. God owns absolutely everything. 
That is truth, right? Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all its people belong to him. So we first know that God is the owner of all things, which means he literally owns everything. We are not owners, we are stewards. And when you work real hard for something, you're like, yeah, but that, that, that's mine. We're not owners, we're stewards. And I'm telling you, I believe this. I don't believe there's anything I have that actually belongs to me. I believe that I get to care very well for whatever's in my possession. But everything in the, in the, on the earth belongs to the Lord. Think of it this way. So I got three kids, right? Remember them? You saw them? You are awake, yeah? Okay, great. Hey, I had a bang, so I'm going to be really energized, and I hope you can join me. Okay, I needed it because I was not going to make it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I don't remember what I was talking about. Oh, my, my kids. Okay. <laughs> like, I was thinking the bang, and then I left it in the car, and I wish I didn't, but I did. Okay, so my kids. The best is when they say to me, like, I'm like, listen, you're talking back, you're being a little jerk. I don't say it that way, but they are. That's what's happening. And they, I say, that's it. You're grounded from your iPad. Yes. And they say, you can't do that. It's mine. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, what? Like, was that with your money? Like, are you, is that your Wi-Fi? Like, are you kidding me? Or, like, my little, my five-year-old, she will push me. <laughs> she's, she's strong. Physically push me, say, get out of my room. And I'm like, you don't pay the mortgage. Like, <laughs> nice try, kid. Mine. Okay, ownership, stewardship. You see the difference? They're not, they're not owners of anything, but they, they do have the ability to steward it, and it's very different. Stewards and owners don't carry the same weight. They don't carry the same responsibility, and here's the thing. The fruit of ownership, if you feel like an owner, it'll be stress, fear, worry, right? My kids don't worry about the mortgage. They're not like, man, are we paying, you know, enough to, they don't worry about that. They're just like, my room, huh, Right? Owners carry a burden that stewards are not meant to carry. And so many times when we feel financial stress or we feel worry about money, it's because we're actually operating as owners and not stewards. God is the owner of everything. He owns the earth and everything in it. And our job is to steward well. So we have to change the way that we think. We have to have a kingdom mindset. If we have a faulty belief system, we're going to behave faultily. Is that a word? LAS, hey. All right, just kidding. We need a kingdom mindset when it comes to money. We have to change our perspective. I know this. God cares a whole heck of a lot about money. And people come into the church and they're like, don't you dare talk about money. Listen, and I'm, I'll be the first to say, church people have messed this up deeply. And I, I admit, I mean, I'm, I hope I'm not part of it, but... It, it's happened. And so in the church, people don't want to talk about money because they said it's been abused, it's been, people have been manipulated. None of that is the kingdom. And so in advance, we are sorry. That's wrong. That is not kingdom stuff. But I will tell you, the, the, the important things are true. What, what God says about money really matters. There are 500 verses about faith in scripture. There are 500 verses of, on prayer. Do you know how many verses there are on money and possessions? Over 2,000. Like, we think, oh, God cares about faith. God cares about prayer. Yeah, 2,000 about money and possessions, and, and people don't want to talk about it in the church. I think that's nuts. Stewardship affects 100% of the population. There's not one person who will not have to learn how to steward. And here's, if you get this now, this will change your life, I promise you. 
Don't wait till you're 10 years down the road. Don't wait till you're 15, 20 years down the road and go, oh man, I wish I would have done this from the beginning. Let your life be changed now. God's heart for us is that we would live a life of maximum impact and minimum financial stress. Maximum impact, minimum financial stress. And I know when you're a college student, it can almost be like, well, I'm going to worry about that someday. I want you to care about this now because you are making choices now that are going to affect your finances for the rest of your life. I, it, it grieves me when I see students taking out loans like crazy and like putting things on credit cards like, eh, no big deal, one day I'm going to make money. You guys, it's right around the corner and it's real money. I just want to say this, like student loans, real money. Real money that you're going to have to pay back. And so this is my loving encouragement. Please be wise. Please be wise. Please make choices now that you want to live with for a lifetime because they will follow you. But we want to have minimum financial stress because that is God's kingdom way. Does the, earth, does, does the Lord ever worry? Does the Lord ever filled with anxiety? No. You know what? We get to live that way too. We get to live in a place where we're never worried, where we are never filled with anxiety. Do you know why? When it comes to money, I'm not an owner. I'm a steward. Think about it. How many of you guys live in an apartment? Like, uh, yeah, okay, apartments. Say the fridge breaks. Are you filled with anxiety that your fridge is broken? Wondering, oh my gosh, how are we going to pay for this? No, I mean, it's annoying. That's no joke, right? Oh, the fridge went out. Oh, but what do you do? You pick up the phone and you call the landlord and you say, hey, guy, your fridge is out. You better fix that. Like, I'm paying rent, right? You'd... Stewards don't carry the burden that an owner carries. And some of you are carrying the burden of ownership. You're not supposed to be doing that. It's, it's not meant for you to carry. You got to let that go. The Lord wants to set you free from that, okay? All right. Things and stuff. I'm going to skip that. One moment. Okay. So I'm going to talk a little bit about well, okay, let me say this first. There, if you want to understand God's best plan for finances, again, there's, there's two things that work hand in hand. There's two things. There's two principles. There's generosity and there's stewardship. And listen, the first time I went to talk about this big church, you know, the vineyard, I was like, oh my gosh, I get to teach about money. Yay, I'm so excited. And I, so I hopped on Amazon. I'm like, I really need like a really good um, like illustration. I really want something great. So I search in like coins or find something big. And I found something called big coin. I'm like, that's what I need. I need a big coin for my illustration. Super pumped. Where I'm, I succeed at some things, one thing I don't succeed at is details. So I didn't read it really close. And I was like, finally the day came, the package came, and I'm like, my big coin is here. I'm so excited for my big illustration. Ready? Wah, wah, wah. This is it. You guys, big coin. Lies. Anyway, I brought it anyway because I paid for this. We're going to use it a lot. <laughs> big coin. Read the details. Fine print. It matters. You want to understand God's best plan for money? You have to understand there are two sides to this coin. It's not just one side. And the two sides are generosity and stewardship. And the stewardship side, I don't have time to talk about, but this is like budgeting and like living within your means and all these really fun things that you'll probably be a little bored with, but because no one likes to do it. No one likes to be told what to do with their money. But this is like the 90%. But this side, the first side, where we start is generosity. And what we start with is called the tithe. How many of you have heard the word tithe? Great. What, how do, what percentage is it? Ten. Okay, you know this. This is so good. Okay. Ten percent. Tithing, biblically, is where we give the first ten percent of our money back to God through the local church. 
I didn't make this up. This is always what I want to say. They're, past, like, they're like, pastors are just trying to get your money. I'm like, dude, if it was me, I'd ask for like 25, 30, 40%. Like, I don't know where he's getting this 10% from. Like, I would do something different, but I didn't write it. He did. There are two very important questions that are answered when you think of the coin. Okay, big coin. I'll get it back out. Because it's so sad, I know. Wah, wah, wah. The first side of the coin answers this. Can I trust God? And the second side of the coin says, can God trust me? This is pivotal. Can I trust God? Can I trust him by giving the first 10% of my income back to him through the local church? And this side says, can God trust me? Does he trust me with the 90% I have left? Am I stewarding well? And again, I, I don't have time to get into all that. We're just going to talk about the tithe tonight. But where we start, the pivotal part is the tithe. And here's the thing. He's after your heart. God does not need your money. I know Clay said it, and people think, again, the church is just trying to get rich quick. It's not quick, and we're not rich. I just want to be very clear. This, <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. although, although it's God's best plan for the church, he starts with you. This is his best for your life. Hear this. Tithing will change your life life. Not because I'm saying you're going to like drive a Ferrari. Like that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when you give the first 10% back to God through the local church, you are declaring by faith every time you give, God, I trust you. Why does it matter that it's the first 10%? That's the faith piece. Yeah, right? I mean, people get to the end of the month, and you're like, oh, hot dog, I still have 10% left. God, I guess you get your, your, your check. Woo! It's not the way it works. We give the first 10% because we are giving in faith. It's called the first fruit. There's like all, all this stuff in scripture about it. We give the first 10% because we don't actually know it's all going to work out. But he does. And what we say is, I'm just a steward, Lord. You're an owner, right? We give to him first, declaring in faith, God, I trust you. On every dime that you get, the first 10% is not yours to steward. It belongs to the Lord. There's a scripture. It feels um, harsh, I guess is the best way to say it. Harsh, but it's here, so let's read it. Malachi 3.8. Should people cheat God? Yet you have cheated me. You ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you? You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings do to me. When we don't tithe, we are robbing from God. That doesn't feel good, right? Doesn't feel good. You're robbing for God for what, pizza? Robbing for him to pay some student loans or pay for your car? You're robbing from God? Guys, and here's the thing. It's, when we don't give, it's because we don't trust it's, it's, you're actually more concerned that you're not going to be able to pay your bills. And what he's saying is there's this invitation to trust him more. It has nothing, nothing is harsh, but very little to do with your money and very much to do with your heart. And he wants all of you. When we give, we declare in faith, God, I trust you. Giving the first 10% is really important. There's so much, again, about the first fruits and honoring the Lord with our wealth and all of that. And I want you guys to check it out. Malachi 3.10, just a little later, says this. Because here's the thing. It comes with a promise. When we give, 
Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that's your local church, so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Here in scripture where the Lord says, hey, let's go. Give me, get, try it. Okay, when I got married, first of all, we were basically children, so I don't know what we were doing, but it's 21 children. Um, and I, I'm going to tell you what, when tithing changed my life, but I'm going to tell you about this first because it goes with the scripture. My husband was raised in the Apostolic Christian Church. Anyone familiar with the AC Church? Some? Okay, hey, ACs. Great. So my whole extended uh, married side, they're all AC members. More conservative than the vineyard, all of that. But he didn't actually know about tithing, right? He had never, and I was like, when we got married, I'm like, babe, we tithe. But he was a full-time student. You guys make no money. It's really great. And he was working at South Farms one day a week, and he made $7 an hour. Actually, like a half a day. It was really sad. I had graduated with my sociology degree, and I was a waitress at Biagi's. So we were rolling in the dough. And <laughs> literally, I look back, I'm like, how did we survive? But God, <laughs> he's so faithful. So here's the thing with waitressing. Super practical, right? You come home, first of all, in my sociology classes, and this is a win, I actually did a study. This is a side note. This is just for fun for you. I did, a, I, I did a study on what increased tip percentage. Because I, I, I was like, I was a master at my craft. I was a good waitress. I made, I made good money for a waitress. But I, I like learned all the things. You know what really matters? Manicured nails. That's just, I don't waitress anymore, but I just like it. Um, manicured nails, a smiley face on the receipt, and a bow in my hair. I kid you not. So they would make fun of me all the time. Like, you and your bow. I'm like, I'm making way more money than you. It's fine. So I would study all these things. Anyway, so I come home with cash because that's how we got paid. And what we would do, how my husband Ben learned about tithing, he would test God in this and see if God was faithful. So I'd come home and I would give him the money. I'd say, well, here's what I made. And we had those three little buckets, give, save, live. And we were totally on a cash system we even have credit? We must have had credit cards. And it's been, I know. It's all blurs together. <laughs> anyway, so I give him the cash, and he, this is how he would test God. He would put more in the give button, bucket, than was a tithe. So more than 10%. And then he'd put the other thing, and I mean, every time he did this, this is how the Lord transformed him. Every time I would come home, like the next shift, and I'm like, babe, you just have no idea what happened today. I had a killer night. Like I would make all this extra money. It was his very practical way of seeing that God would open the windows of heaven, test me in this, see if I won't be faithful, see, and I would make way more the next night. It was crazy, and we did it over and over and over and over. But I knew God was faithful because my life had already been changed. My life had been changed. Listen, I grew up with nothing. First person in my family to ever go to college. I came to the U of I. I'm sitting, I remember sitting in like the offices and they're talking about student loans and grants and all this. And I'm thinking, how, how? I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. We got nothing. So I, I worked my tush off. I worked about 30 hours at, at a bookstore in addition to being a full-time student and make, made no money, like six bucks an hour or something. But I worked hard. But I, I had been at the U of I my freshman year. So you know, 2001, and I, I was working, but I literally, it was like, I don't know if you've ever been in this place, and maybe you're in this place now, where you're just like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't have the money. I just don't have it. My family can't help me. Like, I felt very alone. I don't, I felt very alone, and again, I grew up knew, knowing about giving and tithing is really important, um, but I had this conversation. I was at the Vineyard Church, so this was, again, I was a student. I sat in, in the auditorium, and I remember saying to the Lord, 
is a monologue, not like a conversation. And I just said, God, I'm broke. You know I got nothing. I'm a poor college kid. You don't need my money. So guess what? I'm done tithing. I'm done. For six months, I didn't tithe. And I have never been more broke in my whole life. Never. It's like, you know, when something goes wrong and you're like, oh, man, if one more thing goes wrong and then it goes wrong and they're like, oh, man, if one, I'm just not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. I had nothing. I couldn't afford the books. I couldn't afford. I mean, nothing was going like it should. And I had this aha moment one day back at the Vineyard Church. It was a Sunday morning. And I was complaining to God. And I said, God, like, where are you at? Like, I am so broke. You're all I have. Like, you got to come through. And I, I remember it like yesterday. He said, well, are you going to trust me? I was like, of course I trust you. Like, you're God. You own the earth and everything in it. You know, of course, I trust you. You're faithful, blah, blah, blah. He's like, no. He's like, you're going to trust me. I was like, what do you mean? He said, you're not tithing. And I thought, that's dumb. <laughs> Again, we've had this conversation. You don't need my money. I make $6 an hour. You don't need my money. He's like, you don't trust me. And it was like something broke in my heart. And I, I said to the Lord, I was like, oh, my gosh. I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. I literally reach in my purse because it's Sunday morning, and I get out my checkbook. Do you know what that is? Okay, whew. That's how we used to do things. Dude, it's like, when did this happen? I don't know. I don't feel that old. I got out my checkbook. I wrote a check, and I put it, I said, God, I trust you. This is a Sunday. The next day, I get up. I go to class half a day. I head over to the bookstore like I do, and I'm at the bookstore, and I used to drive this really beater van, like a beater, beater van. And my dad's actually in town, six kids. So it's, again, I love him so much. He couldn't help me the way that I needed the help at the time. But he, he calls me up at the store and he's like, hey, sis, he said, I'm really sorry, but I looked at your, your van um, and I just want to tell you, you, you have to get four brand new tires. They're shot. It's going to be 300 bucks. Like this is the next day, people. I am mad. So mad. I'm at work, I hang up the phone, and I tell God, I say, you promised. You promised if I would trust you, you would open the windows of heaven and pour out every good blessing on my life. Where are you at? You promised. And I said, listen, I'm a steward. You're the owner. I said, you got a $300 bill. I'm really excited to see how you're going to pay this. Legit. This is what I said to the Lord. It's not my problem. It's his problem. Because we're in covenant. That's my dad. He's going to take care of me. I trust him. He's faithful. So I'm at work. This is the very next day. And I hear, ding, someone walks into the door, you know, and you're saying, hi, welcome to Family Christian Stories. I'm so glad to see you. This person walks in, probably in their 70s, like older gentleman, and he doesn't shop. He walks straight up to the counter, straight to me, and he leans over to me. Because it changed my life. I just want to tell you, when you don't have what you need, it's a very um, vulnerable place to be. And to not know how you're going to pay your bills, to not know how things are going to come through, that, I'm just telling you, it's not the kingdom way. It doesn't have to be this way. His kids shouldn't feel vulnerable. Our dad's a king. Our dad's loaded. We don't ever have to worry. Will we trust him? He's faithful. This man leans over the counter, and he shakes my hand. He said, the Lord told me to give this to you. He shakes my hand, and he walks right out. And I look down, and it is cash. Like cash, and I start walking to the back of the store, and I go all the way to the back room, and I am crying and counting, and it is $300 to the dollar. Just what I need for my, you guys, I'm telling you, it changed everything for me. Here's what I'm not promising. I'm not promising cash is going to walk into your workplace. 
Please don't hear me say that. But God cares about you. He cared about the tires on my beater van. He cares about money. He cares about you. And there are so many ways that God wants to provide for you. Sometimes the cash walks into your workplace. Sometimes God provides for you in the form of a bill that will never be. The things you don't even know about. Sometimes he provides for you in the form of a bill that will never be. My sophomore year, I think, is midterm time. Like, you guys are heading into midterms, right? Is that next week? You're now, right now. God bless you all for being here. I'm shocked. Okay, you're awesome. God is, no, God will honor you. I'm serious. I'm serious. Um, I was apparently a little stressed out, and I started, I broke out in hives all over my body. Cool, you know. So it's like middle of the night, and I call my mom. She's like, you've got to go into the ER because they've got to take care of you. So take my little self to the ER. They check me out. They're like, you're stressed. I'm like, thank you for that diagnosis. <laughs> anyway, so like two weeks later, I'm really stressed because I get a bill in the mail from Carl Hospital for $1,000. I'm like, again, I still work at the bookstore making $6 an hour. I have nothing. Literally, Holy Spirit is like, write him a letter. I thought, that's weird. Okay. So I get out a pen and paper. I'm like, dear Carl, my name's Leah. You treated me for the hives. Thank you. Feeling much better. <laughs> Something like this. I don't really remember. Basically, I'm broke. I'm a college kid here at the U of I. I can't pay this bill. Help. Send it off. The next week, the next week, I get a letter in the mail saying, don't worry, your bill's totally absolved, it's totally covered. Like, not a dime has to be spent for this. These are the things I'm saying. Like, God cares about every part of your life. He has provided for us in ways I never could have imagined. And it's not because this is like your get-rich-quick thing. That's not, what's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying, do you trust him? Is your heart so aligned with the Father? You say, God, I trust that you're going to provide for absolutely every part of my life. He's faithful, and he wants to give more to good stewards. That is true. You don't like that. That's okay. Faithful in little, faithful in much. Now, I'm not saying this is going to fill your pocketbooks, but I'm saying if you are open and in relationship with the Father, it's not yours anyway, and you recognize it. So anything that comes in, you say, Father, what do you want to do with your money today? Literally, we are, budget, we are real big on budgeting, and like every dime, we Literally, it's annoying, actually. Like, my husband, you meet him. He's just like, literally, I went to Walgreens one time to get some stuff on the way to work. I got a text before I got to work. He's like, what'd you get at Walgreens? I'm like, stop stalking me. This is before, like, find my friends. This was like, he, he saw the charge on the credit card. I had got Tylenol, just in case you were wondering. I had a headache. <laughs> I want you to care about the finances because when you have peace in your finances, you become a steward that can give to the world. Okay? So, this isn't about you getting rich. Although God's kids, again, our dad is loaded. No, he's loaded. He never worries about money. What does that bring you? Security, peace, no worries. That, that's all important. That's all kingdom stuff. I'm not talking about you getting whatever you want. That's not kingdom. I'm not talking about you driving the car you want to drive. Maybe. I'm saying, do you trust him? And can he trust you? That's the other side. Can he trust you with what's left over? Are you honoring God with what you have? Are you saving? Are you not spending more than you have? Guys, I could, I could go forever on that. I just won't because it's a whole other thing. But I do know this. We're not supposed to be afraid. And anyone who's struggling with fear, like I really just sense the Lord wants to bring his peace 
Again, it's like when we call him up, we're like, Dad, you got a bill, right? And with whatever is going on in your heart right now, it's not, it doesn't even have to just be money. If you're worried about your midterms, which seriously, champions, look at you guys. If you're worried about spring break, going home, yeah, no, I actually, I sense that the Lord said that there are some people who are really struggling in relationship with family members right now, and you have fear about what that's going to look like, whether it's spring break or even over the summer. The Father actually wants to renew your mind. He wants to change the way that you think about your family. And where there have been places of pain, places of strife, places of, oh, 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 the Father wants to bring healing there. You're good. Thank you. But we don't have to be afraid. He's a good father. He wants to give you everything that you need. And so wherever you have need, we want to press in for that tonight. I'm going to invite Sharon to come up. And Sharon is amazing. You guys know Sharon? Yeah. Hey. Sharon works with me and is just a real blessing to me. Thanks for being you. Um, anything that you're sensing about ministry? we got to get you a little mic. Thanks. Um, so I just kind of wanted to give a little testimony about how tithing changed my life. It, I was a senior at U of I, and I remember sitting next to my boyfriend, who's now my husband, and I'm like, why are you giving the church 50 bucks? Like, are you crazy? <laughs> and he was like, mind your own business I'm like we're doing all the things like we're going out we're partying but you're giving the church your money that's hilarious um so anyway that was the first seed that planted within me like oh my gosh like this guy is giving away his money why um a few months after that happy layman who's our founding pastor or you got something like that yeah <laughs> he owns the place basically um he started saying, like, we're doing this. It was called Crescendo. We're doing this, like, tithing thing. I want you to give me, um, I want you guys to trust uh, God with your money. And so he said, put God to the test. So I'm like, okay, it's my senior year. I'm going to graduate soon. I'm going to need a job, sociology degree. Hey. So, <laughs> so I'm like, man, I need all of it. So little by little I started to trust God and I gave a little bit like I don't even think it was 10% at the time I was like I'm gonna start with five <laughs> then you're gonna get 10% later so anywho um I graduate from U of I I start tithing 10% I'm like looking for a job nobody wants to hire me I go back home to another uh, uh vineyard church it was La Vina in Spanish and so the pastor says we're actually doing another, it wasn't crescendo, it was like something else, like we're raising money. And I'm like, all right, like, Lord, I don't have a job, but the pastor says he wants each person to give $500. And I'm like, that's crazy. I know for you guys right now, you're like, what is she talking about? But anywho, I told the Lord, I was like, God, okay, I am tithing 10% now. I don't have a job. Like, if you want me to give $500, you better, better make this happen. Like, 
maybe two months later, I get a check in the mail for $5,000 from like an old like lawsuit that was like closed years. I had gotten in a car accident. And so I go to my pastor, and this is going to sound really cheesy, but it worked. I say, I am trusting God to give this money to the church. Will you bless me? I don't have a job. And so the pastor prayed for me, and he was like, I bless you, blah, blah, blah. After that, with my sociology degree, I got offered three corporate jobs, top jobs. It was insane. I ended up taking a job at a bank in sales, making great money. And that, honestly, guys, it was just like what Leah said. It wasn't about giving money to the church. I know... A lot of people on the campus say, oh, that big church over there, the vineyard, like, why do they need all the money? I remember my friends used to tell me that. And it wasn't about what is going to happen with it. It was honestly putting God on the spot. And it changed my life. I mean, yesterday, this is crazy, but I told God, I was like, Lord, I am trusting you with everything still to this day. I have two kids now. And I, my husband, uh, preached somewhere else and I was like hey ask him for a Starbucks card and the pastor there was like actually I'm gonna give you a hundred bucks just do whatever you want with it so I just want to let you know like I'm again not prosperity gospel or anything like that I'm not saying give your money so you can get five hundred dollars back or whatever I'm telling you to trust God with your heart yeah Yeah. and that's it um the last thing is anybody like a first-time visitor, second-time visitor, third-time visitor? Anybody here? Can you raise your hand? Can you stand up, actually? Please? Sorry. We're going to put you on the spot. <laughs> Thank Welcome. you. Yeah, I'm going to put you on the I spot. Love you. We're glad you're here. <laughs> Shout out to you guys. I just wanted to, I really felt this in my heart, like, even before I got here, I just want to let you guys know, like, you are not here by accident. You are here on purpose. God has a plan for your life. It is, I don't know if you got invited by a friend or if you just walked into the place, but you have something special on your life and God wants to move in your heart in a relationship, not a religion, but a relationship with the Lord. He wants to be your mom. He wants to be your dad. He wants to be your boyfriend, your girlfriend, He wants to be your friend. So I just want to bless you guys now. And Lord, would you just come and open their hearts even more to you, God? I know that some of this may be weird. Like, what did I walk into? But God has called you here today for a reason. So Lord, I just bless them right now in Jesus' name. And will you just bring your presence, Lord? Give them a dream. Give them just anything that you want. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Sharon. How many of you, if you are concerned about family relationships right now, would you stand? I just want to pray for you. Father, I thank you that you are family. Family's not just something alive talks about. 
It's something you're, you're doing in and through them. And what you are building here is not just for them, it's also for their natural families. And so Father, I pray right now for the grace to love really, really well. And I feel like the Father is saying that there's in some of, uh, yeah, there's some forgiveness that has to take place. You're holding on to something that you don't want to let go of. And I'm not saying it's because you're wrong about it. Forgiveness lets go. Unforgiveness keeps you bound. And so we just release right now your forgiveness, Father, into this place. We say you do what we cannot do. God, I pray right now that we would begin to see things the way that you see them, that we would begin to see family members the way you see them, and that's through the lens of Jesus. So much grace, so much love. I just break off fear in Jesus' name. We release your peace, but I pray right now for an actual shift of the mind that what you have thought before will not be what you think anymore. Father, we want your perspective. Change our minds. Let us love the way that you love, Holy Spirit. That unconditional, not because of what they've done, but because of what you've done. Father, we just receive that right now for ourselves. I think the Father is saying too, there's some forgiveness that needs to be for yourself. And the Father just says, he forgives you. And some of you need to learn to begin to love yourself. you are receiving right now and here's the, here's the crazy thing about following Jesus there's so much natural stuff we talk about all the money but then there's the supernatural piece that just comes and you don't know why it's going to be better but it is and so I just thank you Father right now that in a moment you can shift things even the things we cannot see you're shifting right now we just release that grace to forgive some of you actually need to apologize. And it's not because you're not forgiven. It's because you're, you're called to make things right. Leah, can you just pray out 
what you just released today. There was, there's, there's just been so much of a release. And if you want to stand up, that's fine. You can all stand up if you want. You can all sit down. It doesn't really matter. But I feel like that Leah has something to release. So if you can posture your hearts to receive this thing that's about to just come at you, just, yeah, just receive this thing. Yeah. So, Father, what we declare today is I trust you. I trust you. You are a faithful father. You are the God who provides. You give us everything we need. You fill us up. You change our minds. You're for us. You're not against us. You make every crooked path straight. And I just release right now the faith to believe it. So wherever there is doubt, we command the doubt to leave in Jesus' name. We welcome faith to rise. Father, what we're doing is celebrating who you are. You are who you say you are. Good, faithful, true, benevolent, kind, loving, filled with grace. You are truth. And I do just, I, I just, I don't know if it's like a spirit of doubt even. We just tell it to go in Jesus' name not welcome here. Father, I thank you that you're unifying this group right now. Where the enemy would want to divide, we just stand as one. God, I thank you. I just, I sense like this is an army actually and he's, he's going to be like putting the resources you need in your pockets. Again, I'm not promising money's walking into your workplace. But what I'm saying is the Father, if you are open to trust him and you live with open hands and you steward well and you recognize that he is the owner, he will continue to flow through you every resource you need, not just for you, but for the world. And so we release heavenly resources into this room right now. God, I pray that they will always have more than enough. And if you want it, just put your hands out that the Father's going to pour into you even now what you're going to be building, like the seeds that you're sowing now are going to be building for your future. And so Father, I thank you for the grace to steward well. I thank you for the grace to be trusted with the 90%. I thank you, Father, that these sons and daughters are living right now for kingdom a kingdom future that they don't they don't even they can't even begin to think about yet but you're sowing right now seeds that are going to actually be sown for your kids and your kids kids and your kids 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 and father i think it's not just about building a natural family but changing communities and changing the world and so we receive right now every good thing that you have for us and we say we trust you we trust you we trust you you're so faithful god we trust you. We trust you with school. We trust you with relationships. We trust you with finances. We trust you with our major. Even if you're in sociology, we trust you. God, you are faithful. He's faithful and he's crazy about you. I know a few people have said it tonight, but you gotta know the God of the universe knows your name. And not just, love knows your name, right? He knows your name and he's crazy about you. He loves you so much, so we just release that love right now. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we pray that this has helped stir and awaken you to live a life.
alive to God like never before. If you want to connect with us, let's go. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Alive Vineyard College.